0: My Car Guru episode 176. Okay, so this is episode 176 of season 10. Of course, there's really been more than 10 seasons of My Car Guru since I've been doing this for about 20 years. But, you know, it has basically, it began as a 15-minute, once-a-week deal. And now it's every day. I'm thinking about 176 episodes Let's see, times 30 minutes divided by 60 minutes. Let's see how many hours that is. 88 hours of talking about cars and various uh, sundry other things. So anybody that has been willing to endure that for 88 hours this season, then I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to rant just a little bit this morning. We are in the process of hiring uh, a few people, not many. Uh, We need a receptionist, which I think we've found. Uh, We need uh, one more salesperson and uh, some people, definitely mechanics. We need a couple mechanics, and that's a different ballgame altogether. You know, I can deal with some unusual personalities and, um, you know, kind of unusual habits, dress codes and stuff like that with technicians because they're back there turning wrenches and making their living out of sight of the public. But occasionally, you need people who can interact with other human beings rather than just motors and transmissions and so forth. And, I mean, that's the hard part, folks. It's getting harder. You know, I've been thinking, my mom used to teach character education. Uh, she would go into the schools, high schools, on a regular basis and teach something or teach about character, things that the uh, the school system didn't have time to really talk about. I guess they try. To do that, of course, they're trying to develop good habits, good work habits, which is a part of character. Uh, they're trying to, in, in I guess, instill a certain degree of discipline as far as making sure that students are timely, you know, arrive there timely, behave. You know, those types of things are all woven into the curriculum in one way or another. But I tell you, I, I just don't see it in public very often anymore. And I'm talking about just... Things like manners um, and and even table manners. I mean, just to watch some people eat. My dad was kind of a, I'm not going to use the word Nazi. He was, he was, I guess, very focused on proper table manners, not to the extreme. I mean, it's not like we're on an episode of Downton Abbey or anything, but still, um, you know, I was not supposed to have my elbows on the table. Uh, I was supposed to chew with my mouth shut. I was supposed to, you know, use my fork and correctly and my knife. I mean, there was a way to do that, and that's what they taught me to do. And I think, you know, I saw that reinforced with my grandparents and my cousins and, and pretty much everybody. But I think, is that just a baby boomer thing? I mean, did did manners go by the wayside after that? Did that become less important? Because I see some people eating in restaurants. They look like just ravenous dogs going after the place. It's almost like they're afraid somebody's going to take it from them. Um, I don't know. It's just strange. Chivalry. You know, being opening doors for ladies. I know some seems like some ladies would be offended if you opened a door for them because they felt like you're being too... Uh, too masculine or whatever, Um, maybe that's not an issue. But if I see a lady coming towards the door, I'm always opening it and stepping aside. And most of the time they say thank you. Sometimes they just blow me off. Uh, That was something that I was taught to do as well. Uh, Also, you know, when a lady comes to the table, if a bunch of men are sitting around the table, a a lady came up to the table, I was taught to stand up, you know, until she sat down, pulled the chair out, Make sure she sits down, then the men sit down. Um, I guess I used to see that on Big Valley with the Barclays. Um, And I guess my parents just thought that was important. Is it? Is it important anymore? A lot of people probably out there saying, heck no, that's not important. People don't do that anymore. Well, should they? You know, another thing is personal accountability. Um, I just... uh, there's too many people that are blaming others for their circumstances. I know circumstances can uh, be out of somebody's control and uh, the loss of a job, the loss of a a loved one, and the uh, impact that has on certain people, but uh, too many people make excuses. Uh, We talked the other day about credit, you know, and how people abuse credit and don't understand how important their credit rating is and paying bills on time and that type of thing. Uh, we, we see these behaviors and it's just like it's it's no big deal. You know, dressing appropriately for an interview, um, it is, uh, what is appropriate dress these days? Is, is there a business dress code? Should there be? Should people that work in a business such as, a, let's say, a car dealership, should they have a, uh, a certain uniform on? You know, all of them wear the same color shirts and uh, name tags and all that stuff? I, I personally think yes. I, I think there should be some type... You should be able to walk into a business and find somebody um, that and, and see them and know that they are an employee there. I don't think people should look like they're on their day off when they're at work. But a lot of businesses think that that's the only way you can please a lot of these younger generations is you have to let them dress however they want to dress and have you know piercings wherever they want piercings and tattoos wherever they want them you know i know that in in my generation just before my generation a lot of the vietnam vets uh, that used to work for me uh, at the dealership a lot of them had tattoos that was back when tattoos were not real high quality But now you see this, just like this body art thing, and it's just raging. Um, And that that used to bother me, but, you know, it it doesn't bother me anymore. It's become, I guess my my guard has been let down a little bit as far as that is concerned, and I'm more tolerant. You know, I guess a lot of this um, is kind of summarized by the word etiquette. Uh, I was reading the definition of etiquette. It is the customary code of polite behavior in society or among members of a particular profession or group. Um, you know, and I think that those types of things have eroded over time. And it's just like m- with me saying I'm going to be tolerant or I need to be more tolerant. Do I? You know, that's a question that I ask myself a lot when the the young people in my business come to me and says, you know, can we wear shorts on Saturday? Is that a big deal? I mean, back 40 years ago, my dad had all the salespersons, or all the salespeople at the dealership, and they were all men at the time, uh, they had to wear a coat and tie every day. And all the coats were red, and the ties were red, white, and blue, and the shirts were white. And that was the dress code at the dealership. It didn't matter if it was 98 degrees outside. Well, he might let them take their jacket off. But that was just what people did. And um, so it's, it's... Become more relaxed, for sure. Uh, I think it's become too relaxed. I know the Boy Scouts have had a pretty rough go the last few years with the abuse scandals and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you what, I learned so many so many good things in the Boy Scouts. And my dad really pushed that. He was in the Boy Scouts, and and he wanted us to be in the Boy Scouts as well. And he volunteered. He had a uniform just like me. Matter of fact, I found my uniforms and his in the in the attic when we were uh, cleaning out stuff at my mom and dad's house. Still have them. Brought back a lot of memories. But I remember the um, the code, basically, that we went by, or I, I guess it's a, a creed, I guess, uh, and, and it went, A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And I didn't read that. I remember that. And I, I look at those things, uh, those words, and I think, You know, they're so applicable to trying to hire somebody. You know, is this person all of these things? Are they trustworthy? Have they shown loyalty, you know, in previous occupations? Um, Do they seem like they're helpful? You know, what kind of examples can they give you of them being helpful and friendly and courteous to people? What standards do they have? With regards to that, I'm sure there are probably some personality profile tests that somebody can take that will point out these types of characteristics. But first, you have to decide: are they relevant? Are they important? I think they are. Um, you know, another one is obedient, cheerful, thrifty. Um, you know, thrifty. You can. I mentioned the other day that a lot of employers are looking at people's credit reports to see how responsible or irresponsible they are with their credit. You know, if somebody doesn't pay their bills on time um, and they are late or they've had repos and, and, you know, there's not been any really good reasons other than just not managing their money well, is that somebody that you want to bring into your business to manage your money? I certainly don't think so. The final three are brave, clean, and reverent. You know, bravery, you know, what... I guess you could ask somebody, say, tell me a couple of things that you have done that demonstrated what you felt like was co- courageous things to do and see what kind of answers you get. Um, cleanliness. I guess, can you look at a person and tell whether they are a clean-natured person? Do they take care of things? Do they take care of the things that they own? I, you could definitely go look at their car. You know, a car says, h- how you take care of your car says a lot about you and the interior of your vehicle. You wouldn't believe some of the cars that I have seen. My goodness, you've seen them too. Where you know you've got uh, three years worth of McDonald's bags in the back seat, and just no no awareness whatsoever of the filth that they're sitting in every day, and that their kids are sitting in. I mean, it's it's awful. Would I want to hire somebody whose cars like that? Absolutely not. Um, Reverent. I guess that's a religious application of that word. Um, do they revere anything? You know, are, do they go to church? Do they are they Christians? Are they Muslims? Whatever they are, you know, they don't have to be a Christian to work for me. That we don't discriminate based on any of that, but we certainly do appreciate somebody who is faithful, and that's important to me. So, who is responsible for our kids? Um, to learn these types of values, characteristics. Um, I think there's several hands that are involved in this, the hands of the parents, obviously, maybe grandparents. Um, friends, you know, you talk about, you know my grandson, uh, my oldest grandson has just turned 14. And it was real apparent just a couple years ago who was, who was becoming the most important influence in his life. And or a much more powerful influence than it used to be, and that was his friends. And I guess all you can do is just hope and pray that they pick the right kind of friends, you know, that the friends have the same kind of values. But that's really kind of hard to control once they go out that door and start a school. All of you know what I'm talking about. And sometimes they pick the wrong friends, and there are consequences that result from that. But that can really throw somebody off track, I've seen so many people that have come into my office who are employees of mine, and they said, man, I wish that I had learned some of this stuff when I was younger. And sometimes it was presented to them, right? And they just didn't receive it. Some kids are much more sensitive to others. Abby, my middle child, was way more sensitive than my son, and uh, she was much more apt to listen to what we were saying than he was. You know, And he was a little bit defiant at times, and, and but that was just his personality. And you're going to see that when you uh, hire people and you're trying to pick people to be on your team. But the things that really frustrate me now is just the, uh, the lack of so much of the what I thought were basics, and we'll talk about those here in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. You know, as, uh, we, before we went to the break, I was talking about the basics. And I guess there are different basics for different professions or different lifestyles, different priorities. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the best things my mom ever did for me was to give me a book written by Stephen Covey. And the title of the book was First Things First. It is one of the seven habits uh, of highly effective people, which is a book that he also wrote but she wanted me to focus on putting first things first because i was really struggling managing juggling all the balls in my life at that time which included my business my responsibilities there uh, my responsibilities with as a husband as a father had three kids at the time and um, I, I was just struggling getting my priorities right you know because i just felt like i was spending way too much time at work and when i wasn't at work I was thinking about work and it was just not working. I mean, my wife was, um, you know, not happy as far as uh, my priorities were concerned. I was spending, you know, I'd get home at 10 o'clock at night and it was really kind of unpredictable. That's kind of the way the car business is, is that, you know, we have to be open and there when people are ready to buy a car. And if somebody shows up at closing time at eight o'clock and they want to buy a car where you're there until they're done, that's just the way it is. And then you have all the paperwork you have to catch up on. And, of course, every weekend I was working six days a week. And then on Sunday I was going into the dealership and working for a couple hours. And that never went over good. And I really missed out on a lot, I think, for that period of time. So I was struggling with it. And my mom came in and said, I think you need to read this book. I think this will help you. I can still see her across from me at my desk right here in this office. And um, she said, I think this will help. And I didn't even get through the first four chapters, and I was already on the path of healing because I started to understand one of the basics of human existence is you have to understand and recognize the different roles that you play in life and separate those roles and make sure that you prioritize them in your daily activities, I know that maybe sounds a little jumbled up, but the you know if I if one of my roles, a key role, is to be a father, then and I don't plan for some kind of activities with my kids on my daily planner, which I'm a I'm a big planner guy. If you look at my planner right now, you'll see it's full of all kinds of stuff, but it's also got time allocated to take my wife out on a date. Or to uh, read to my grandkids now. Back then, it was uh, I always wanted to make sure that I helped, you know, gave the kids the bath and and read the, read them books and played outside with my kids when I got home, rather than just immediately eat and then jump right into the to the work. Not too long before that, I had bought I don't know I think it was about twenty five acres right behind my house. I had an auction, and I had to make sure that you know if I didn't buy it, there's going to be a subdivision back there. So. I bought it, and so I started really—I bought a tractor, and I started bush hogging and stuff. So I'd get home, and rather than spend a lot of time with the kids, I would just jump on the tractor. And then I'd get off the tractor, and they'd already be in bed, and then I'd start working on dealership stuff. And that, all of that just kind of crashed in on me, and I had to I had to make a change because I wasn't happy. And um, it was causing a lot of stress. I was having stomach issues, and, and it was just— you know, all weighing on me. Well, this whole thing changed the way that I approached my day, my weekly schedule. So I would do all my planning on Sunday, um, and, you know, and it really didn't take that long. It was after the kids went to bed. I'd sit down with my planner, and I would put all the stuff in there. But the first things that I put in there were the highest priorities for for me and what my roles were, husband, father, son, car dealer, uh, president of a club or whatever it happened to be, whatever my roles were going to be that week, I put those on there and then I plugged in those things in my weekly schedule. And then after that, after I had those times allocated, then I started filling in all the other stuff. And it made such a big difference because I was putting first things first. The most important things are those first things. And I was putting those things first in my life for the first time ever. And um, it really made a big difference in, you know, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife, with my parents, with my employees. I was spending more time with my employees talking about uh, issues that they were having and and one-on-ones type of conversations. You know, it it wasn't just transactional type conversations. It was really getting behind closed doors and saying, how are you doing? How are things? Am I doing okay for, for you? Is there anything I can do in my job better that would help you do your job better? You know those kind of conversations don't happen very often in business. It's because that we don't make time for them. We're, we're just so busy selling and transacting and taking money and and you know doing inventories and employee you know employee reviews that mean nothing, really. You're just doing it because that's something you're supposed to do. Uh, we got to add meaning back into those things. So identifying your roles, and then the, the other thing that people ignore is setting goals within those roles. What are you really trying to achieve within those roles? Um, if, if, you know, if you, if one of your roles is to improve your your husband, and you want to improve your relationship with your wife, then what do you have to do to make that happen? Well, the best thing to do is to spend time with her, and you know, not with your face plowed into your phone all the time and not, you know, just going out and drinking with the boys and stuff like that. You have got to invest in the things that are important and, you know, setting those goals and making them a part of your, your weekly plan. It's so critical. I mean, you can put down, well, my role as a car dealer, well, if I don't have any goals that week as a car dealer, then, then I've wasted my time. So, uh, you know, th- this was a very valuable experience for me, and I think that that I ask a lot of um, uh, people that I'm thinking about hiring, do you use a planner? And I bet less than 1% say, yeah, I use a planner. Um, do you know where you, what you want to be doing five years from now? No, I really haven't thought about that. What about one year from now? No, I really don't have time to think about that. Uh, nobody's looking forward. They're just living day by day, and that's no way to get somewhere. You know, the people who, I know a lot of people now who are uh, approaching retirement, and they have nothing. Uh, they I don't know what they thought was going to happen with Social Security that all of a sudden they were going to, you know, triple what Social Security was going to be because they they've basically saved nothing, and they think I guess they think they can live on on Social Security, which you can't. So uh, you know, this are, again, I told you I was going to rant a little bit. So I hope I didn't rant too much to run you off. I'll be back in just a minute. You know, I really believe that if we want to be successful in life, then we have to do the things that successful people do. Um, and, and it's been repeated over and over again. And, yeah, some people win the lottery and, you know, they get a a, a quick uh, shot. You know, maybe a, they make a really big sale and they have a huge commission or something like that. And, and people look like they're winning when they're really losing at life, because a lot of that stuff is so short-lived. You know, and you rarely hear somebody's last words on their deathbed is, doggone it, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I'll see you tomorrow at the same time.